Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Well, we welcome you to another episode of We Found Another Hour. Uh, this is a podcast of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield. And listen, we get that title from the fact that there's just not enough time on Sunday morning to preach all that the Lord gives to us. So we have found another hour to be able to give insight uh, to your biblical questions. And uh, I welcome in the studio this morning, uh, Brother Michael Sharon, our student pastor. Uh, well, he's a regular here. And then Brother Caleb our associate pastor in residence. As we mentioned in the first episode, Brother Caleb's with us, been here a whopping, well, probably two or three weeks, but they're all like dog years. And uh, so time at Grace Bad just, just goes by quick. Uh, Brother Caleb, I noticed that um, your hair is starting to look a lot like Brother Michael's and I, um, and you've only been here just a few weeks. So I mean, what, what do you think? Has Heather noticed? Heather is uh, Brother Caleb's wife. Has she noticed? What's going on with your hair? Or? Well, we did notice it uh, the other day on uh, on the um, at, at church during the video during the sermon with the camera, and it was on the back of my head. And I said that looks a little thin. Those yeah. are the worst. Like, and it just gets worse. Like as you see yourself, you know, from that behind video, it's just it's just going to get worse. It's like a spotlight. Well, yeah. the the beautiful part is the camera never lies. Mm. So the mirror always does. When you look, probably this morning, you thought, man. You know, I look good. Oh, but, I definitely. I mean, all you. Yeah. I mean, all you have. All you have to do really is just watch TV and watch yourself on the video, and you can, you know, you can get a telltale sign. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we're glad that you're here with us. We have a very special guest. She's very special to me, and uh, she is the best looking guest that we've ever had in our studio. So, uh, no offense, brother Caleb, but we've already talked about your looks anyway. Uh, but Leanne Freeman, uh, my wife is here with us today and this is her first podcast as far as recording and being on a podcast but she over the past uh, few months maybe the past year has become a podcaster and uh, she's become enthralled with podca- uh, podcasts so I'm glad that you're here Lynn uh, well welcome everybody to the podcast thank you for having me that that was insightful. That was insightful. Well, I can just say I remember talking about going, um, you thinning and um, going bald. As um, I can reflect on, as I've seen Michael kind of transition through that time. Full and, embrace. Full yes, embrace. Yes. And then I can remember, I will never forget when I realized that you were thinning. And that was. Uh, well, why don't those, you tell us? Yeah, I'm, mean, going, it's a, yeah. I'm going to. For those of you who don't know, um, Steve is considerably taller than myself. So, of course, I never could see the top of his head. <laughs> and I just remember when he graduated college. Um, we were, my sister and I, we were sitting up in the we, stands. Well, wait a minute. We have to clarify because for our listening audience, uh, academics does not swim in my side of the family. Obviously, it does in hers. But uh, so we have to keep in perspective. When I graduated college, like I had a family and children. We had been married. So this was 10 years. It, I, I'm, it was six months before our 10-year 
graduation or what's it called high school reunion it was yes. six months before our tenure so it took i was the only student brother caleb in austin p state university that had tenure <laughs> took a little time <laughs> so you were 27 years old i remember sitting up in the stands and we were trying to find you in the crowd and my sister said there he is and I said, where? And she said, right there. And I said, I don't see him. And she said, he's sitting beside the girl that has an apple, like, applique onto her hat. And I'm looking, and I'm like, no. And she said, yes, that's him. And I said, he's bald. She said, that's him. So it was then that we realized how much that you were losing your hair. Well, and again, let me attribute that to the fact that I was going to college, working at that time in a corporate field, and I uh, was married to you, <laughs> and Bless we him. had my son Cole at that time. Katie had not been, uh, uh, Katie did not come around yet, so anyway, there was a lot going on in my life, so there wasn't room for all of that and hair. So anyway, the Lord kind of took care of that. So, uh, well, we're so glad that you're here with us. We're back in the studio today answering your biblical questions. And as we read the Bible in a year, as a staff, uh, or I'm sorry, as a church, um, you know, we offer this platform to really give insight to those questions as you're reading. And I hope our listening audience is following along with that. If not, uh, we are, you know, rounding the corner on 2020 which, praise the Lord, by the way, but we'll begin this again in 2021. As a matter of fact, our format next year, uh, we'll be reading the Bible in a year, but we'll do, instead of chronologically like we've done in the past, we will do a um, study of the Old Testament and New Testament at the same time. So we want you to get in on that so you too can uh, ask questions. And if they don't, obviously not all the questions get answered on the podcast. We'd have podcasts coming out every day. Uh, but we pick those um, uh, questions randomly, and we just choose to come and, and answer those here on the podcast. So we're glad that you're listening. I'm glad that y'all are here. How are things going in the world of uh, ministry across the board? Brother Michael, how's your student ministry going? Man, we are rolling, and uh, it is just fun. It's tons of fun getting to know students, getting to know their parents, um, going to ball games, hanging out with them, and... Uh, Man, I just love our students, and I just can't wait to see who and what they turn out to be. Lord willing that they have a good youth pastor. It's probably probably not that way, but <laughs> but maybe it'll turn out good just in spite of that. You know, the Lord can do great and mighty things um, with a little. So just excited for them. Well, Brother Caleb, how, how's your tenure going? As we mentioned, you've been here a few weeks now. They probably feel like a few years. Uh, how, how, uh, what's your overall synopsis so far? Well, it's um, staying busier than I've ever been and just trying to learn the ropes and learn people. And um, every time I turn around, there's something else going on. There's something else that needs to be done. So uh, this, is a busy, this is a busy church, but it's busy, I think, in uh, all, the, all the right things. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, what's one thing you've learned about people since you've been at Grace Baptist Church? Careful. <laughs> well, uh, in case any of them are listening... The people, people here, are, and people in general, I think, are, are usually very uh, willing to do what you, what you would ask them to do if you go about it in the right way. And uh, people are helpful. People are generally, God's people are generally very helpful and very willing to work and help out because people want to see others come into you know, that relationship with Jesus. 
and uh, they're willing to do that if you're willing to ask. And they're willing to serve? They are willing to serve. You just got to ask. Uh, you remember uh, our last guest, Jackie uh, Rawls, our kingdom service coordinator. Can you go tell her that? Because I think like she might have a different viewpoint on that. She seems like it's like pulling teeth uh, to get people to serve. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the folks at Grace Baptist are incredible people, and uh, we're certainly blessed as a church. So I'm grateful for our people and grateful that you're here. And uh, uh, Miss Leanne, how's things going in, in, in your world, or should I say our world? Oh, I think things are going well. I, um, I teach a class on Wednesday nights in our discipleship class, and I've been teaching a bunch of women. Um, we've been reading Francine Rivers' um, Lineage of Grace, and we've walked through reading about the five women of, well, not the five, but five women of the Bible. And we have just had a sweet time, and I feel like lots of people have grown in their knowledge of who these women were and how God used them um, as mighty women um, to change, basically to change the world. Um, well, our Grace University that takes place on Wednesday night is certainly a sweet time of discipleship and, and we're going to really hone in as we share the vision for our church uh, in the in the future or in the near future for what that looks like um, you know beginning in 2021 we're going to see that you know a great emphasis on making disciples baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that the Lord has commanded us is really the thrust of what we've been called to do so we're excited to do that and it's uh, classes like yours. And uh, not only is she the best looking in the studio, she's the best teacher that we have in Grace University. So just hands down, not to, you know, take anything away from our other teachers. It's just, I mean, she's awesome. So, all right. Well, we've got a question that I'd like for us to answer. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we return, are y'all ready to tackle a good biblical question? Yes, sir. Why not? Probably one of the most important questions in all the Bible. So we'll share that with you right after this. Hey, listening audience. Thank you for tuning in to We Found Another Hour podcast. I want to take this opportunity to tell you about a great Christian education for your children. As uh, many of you are aware, at Grace Baptist Church, we began a ministry, a Christian private school uh, called Grace Baptist Academy. I'd love to invite you to check out uh, some more information about Grace Baptist Academy, especially as we walk through these unparalleled and unprecedented times of the year 2020. But as we uh, move toward 2021, we would love to have your pre-K three K4 or kindergarten student to be a part of Grace Baptist Academy. If you'd like more information about that, please go to our website at www.gbcspringfield.org and uh, just follow the tab to Grace Baptist Academy. Enrollment is so easy and uh, I'll go ahead and tell you that uh, tuition is uh, very, very reasonable and it is again a great ministry uh, to lay a great foundation for a great future for your student. Again, Grace Baptist Academy, www.gbcspringfield.org. And we're back and uh, we're here answering Bible questions. We've got a great question, y'all, and I'm going to read the question. Are y'all ready to answer this? This is, uh, this, I, I believe this is going to be insightful because before I even read the question, understand that that this is probably the most uh, confused subject as we deal with scripture um, 
this this question often comes of uh, of what is the unpardonable sin, and that's the basis of, of the mm. question. So it's going to be good. Uh, our listener wrote, uh, and I'll just read the passage of scripture because she began with that, and it says in Luke chapter twelve, verse ten. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. Now, the question comes from that passage, how is this when it's the same person? In other words, how can this be when, uh, if a person speaks against the Son of Man, who's obviously Jesus, uh, it will be forgiven, but one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, who again is Jesus, and you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, how can one be forgiven and one not? And then a follow-up question that, is it just meaning that you don't, when you don't get saved, that that's the blasphemy? Mm. And this is the ultimate question that people, an age-old question, I might say, that people, you know, what is the unpardonable sin? What is the sin that a person cannot be saved from? So we'll just kind of start there. And and uh, this is also found in um, Matthew chapter 24. I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 12, verse 24 through 32. We really see the full gamut of what's going on here. So uh, what what do you what do y'all think? I, I mean, what what is the unpardonable sin? And I think that's the ultimate question that's being asked. So I've kind of heard it two different ways, and really the background for where Jesus makes this statement, it is in Matthew chapter 12, like what you were saying, Brother Stephen, and basically they bring a demon-possessed man to Jesus. Jesus casts the demon-possessed man out, but, but people were amazed and, and asking, you know, who is this? And, and some people said, this is not Jesus, and he didn't cast the demon out um, because he's Jesus, but he cast it out because he's actually the prince of demons. So, so some people would say that, you know, then Jesus makes the statement, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Then people make the statement, well, is blasphemy the Holy Spirit when you give the devil credit for something that God does? So, so that's one thing that I've heard, that that could be blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But then when you think about, um, and this in my mind, this is kind of where I go with blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the, the reason why we get saved, the reason why we can have forgiveness of sin is because of belief. I mean, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and you will be saved. And, and one of the things that I think that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, is a continual state of unbelief. When the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to you again and again and again, I mean, when a preacher gets up and preaches the word and immediately your sin is brought to the forefront of your mind and you just push, push, push for, for an unrepentant sinner to just remain in their unbelief. And the Bible, I think it has a term for it. I think it calls the hardening of the heart, right? And, and Pharaoh does this how many times? He does it ten times, right? One with each of the each of the plagues. So in my mind, you know, th those are the two things that I think most people equate blasphemy and the Holy Spirit. But but for me, in my mind, the the one that that Jesus is saying will not be forgiven is repeatedly unrepentance and not believing in me. When the Holy Spirit comes, speaks, testifies to you and me in our mind, and and we just remain unrepentant, unmoved, I'm, I'm not going to believe. And I could be wrong on that, but well, that's just kind of where my mind I goes. I mean, this is great insight. And, and let's just, uh, but before y'all weigh in, um, let, let's just take Pharaoh, for instance, in your analogy of that. When we go to that passage uh, in 
Exodus. Exodus chapter 7 is really where uh, what I call the showdown began. And Moses goes back with the power of God to convince Pharaoh. And we have to remember that God, God, it's a twofold agenda. Not only is he looking to set his people free because he's heard the cry of his people, but I also believe that it's, it's more than just getting his people out. It's getting Pharaoh in. Uh, Pharaoh is the most powerful person in the world. Uh, we can attribute this, go back years, 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 years later in the Roman Empire. Um, you, you know, when when Constantine gets saved and what an impact that now has on the church and its flourishing. If God can get, he has people of influence and affluence in the world. And if he can get those, win those to himself, then it automatically just, you know, filters throughout the world and it draws people. So I, th I think it's a quest not only to get God's people out, but it's to get Pharaoh in. And he goes in time after time. But what's interesting about that is the first few times, um, don't hold me on the number because I, I didn't prepare to study this before we came today, but, you know, it's five times, I believe, no, six times, I believe that Pharaoh himself, the Bible says, it's Pharaoh who himself hardens his own heart. And then after that, in order to accomplish, God gave Pharaoh exactly what he wanted, which was not him. And he said, I love you enough. If that's the choice, then I've got to move on. And this is obviously Freeman translation. But from that time on, the Bible says that God hardened his heart. So that, that should be cautionary for all of us to know that there may be a point of rejection mm -hmm. that, that God moves on. Now, for me personally, theologically, I don't believe that that uh, does not, that that negates a person from being saved or a candidate from salvation. I just believe that there's a time that God moves on to accomplish his will based on the choice that you've made. So I think all of that ties together, um, you know, in answering this question. But what, you know, what is, Caleb, Brother Caleb, what do you believe that, uh, that, that the unpardonable sin is? Well, I'll, I'll try to answer that question, but I'd also like to uh, speak to uh, another part of the question that was sent in. Isn't Jesus and the Holy Spirit the same person? And and the answer, I Are think. Are you going to talk about the Trinity? Oh. I'm going to try not to, but I think I gotta. I gotta. Well, I mean, come on. So this ought to be a long podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the answer is, isn't Jesus and the Holy Spirit the same person? Well, no, not not really. But when we understand the 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 you know classic Christian understanding of who God is, is that there is one God and only one God. Mm -hmm. But that he he is exists in three persons, and that's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Each one of those persons uh, has different roles, is 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 uh, is different, but yet they make up what we call the Godhead. So that helps us kind of keep things straight when we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because I'm completely cleared up now. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh yeah, I, I, it's that New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary training coming out. And we see it. So thank you for clearing <laughs> up that Trinity because it's crystal clear now. That's right. If only I would have been there to explain it, you know, thousands of years ago, we would never have any arguments about it. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's a, that's the brief that's the brief version. Uh, if you want more, talk to Brother Michael. Yeah. And hey, listen, I've heard it said that that if you ever encounter somebody and they say, "Hey, I can explain the Trinity to you," the next thing that you should do 
is run. Like, run. Yes. Anybody that says that they can explain to you in detail how God operates, run. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, so with that, with that being said, my understanding of what what this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is uh, is is similar to Michael's brother Michael's, and then but he mentioned two two. You, possibilities, uh, two possibilities, almost. and and my understanding is maybe a, a slight a mixture of the two. So I believe that God communicates with people in in three ways. Uh, he communicates uh, to a limited extent through nature. People know there is a God. Know He's very powerful. He communicates through His people. Uh, the people of God um, uh, go and tell people about Him. And then, lastly, and I think probably most significantly, He communicates in His Word, the Bible. And it's God, the Holy Spirit, who communicates with people in those ways. So when, when somebody goes out and looks at the mountains and they think, wow, man, there must really be a God, that's the Spirit of God working in their hearts. When they meet a Christian who, who, who loves them and points them to Jesus, that's the Spirit working that person's heart. And when they read, their word, when they read God's Word and, and they come to conviction, that's mm-hmm. the Spirit of God working in their hearts. And so my understanding of what the blasphemy of the Spirit is is that if you look at what these people are doing, it says they're coming to Jesus and they're saying he drives out demons by the ruler of demons. And this seems to be a problem that he has over and over and over with these religious leaders, people who ought to know better. And so my understanding is that this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is all these different ways God is trying to communicate with them, one of those being through what they're seeing in Jesus, they're constantly rejecting. Yeah. And they're constantly saying, no, that can't be true. No, that can't be true. So it would be like if somebody goes out and looks up at you know a million stars in the sky and they say, oh, man, it seems like there's a God. But no, there's not. Or when uh, they, they read the Word and, man, I feel, this, I feel something in my heart, but no, there's not a God. That's inching closer and closer, I think, towards blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which eventually, like with Pharaoh, God's going to say, fine, have it your way. And uh, CS, well, let me ask uh, you a question on that. So, uh, even though that God, I, He still continued to give plagues, uh, um, you know, which I I call them chances because mm-hmm. those plagues, you know, we we focus on the physical aspect of that, but I believe there was a spiritual aspect. I, I believe more than plagues, they were just chances for Pharaoh. So, after God hardened his heart, do you believe Pharaoh could have got saved? Do you believe God could have, I mean, that Pharaoh could have said, uh, Moses, I'm just going to accept your God? I think I think uh, it's certainly possible. Now, here's the thing. When, when we're talking about uh, if, if somebody can be forgiven, right, anybody can be forgiven. The question is, is will God, for God is powerful enough, powerful enough to forgive any sins, even somebody who's hardened. And so I think that Pharaoh could have been saved. Yeah. Um, the the point is that but here the here the scripture specifically says whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit it will not be forgiven. Right. So I think in with this and with in relation to Pharaoh, uh, the point that the text is trying to make is that they have come to a point where they have said to God, you know what, I don't want anything to do with you, and God says. Okay, and and think about it like this. I mean, Jesus says, uh, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but out of the heart, like like we speak, right? So so when people are speaking against the Holy Spirit, what is the thing that's in their heart making them do that? Unbelief. 
I mean, I mean, speaking out, I believe, against the Holy Spirit and against what Jesus is doing, the, it is a symptom of unbelief. It is mm-hmm. deep-rootedness unbelief. So I think the answer to the question, I mean, it might be both. I mean, maybe when you do speak against the Holy Spirit, it is just staunch unbelief. I could be wrong. I well, don't know. That, that's good insight. And then uh, when we come back from our break, Leanne's going to clear it all up. Yes. And she's going to tell y'all if you're right or wrong. And, and trust me, that is her spiritual gift. I hope so I let's pass. take a break. I hope I pass. You're listening to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates, please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at gbcspringfield.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions. All right, we're back. We've got some great uh, insight on this question of what is the unpardonable sin? Leah, what is your insight? We've heard from Brother Michael and Brother Caleb. What is your insight on this subject? Okay, so I just want to premise this by saying that I'm the only one in this room that has not been to seminary. So I don't have the training um, that these men that I'm that I'm in the presence of. So um, but with that being said, I'm a very literal person. So when I um, read scripture I take it literally. And so when I read this in the scripture it says anyone who speaks against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And I think Luke, when he wrote this, he was intentional on the word choice that he chose. In the beginning of this verse, he chose to use the Son of Man, which we know is the reflection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then, the second part, he chose to use blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, will not be forgiven. So I think, in my understanding, is, is that you, can speak, you could speak against God, and that could be forgiven. However, rejection against the Holy Spirit would never be forgiven. We know that when we're saved, it's the Holy Spirit that prompts us. Mm -hmm. So I think that that word choice that he chose to use, rejection of the, I mean, uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, is saying the rejection, the the pushback, not receiving the Holy Spirit, is the only unpardonable sin. The only thing that would not be able to be forgiven is the rejection of the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, when I, I think about that and I put it in context, and, and I'll share my theological viewpoint, you know, as I've studied this, because this, again, this is, the, this is the question that's most worrisome in the life of people, because they want to know what the unpardonable sin is. And, and obviously, as we've talked, there's so many different viewpoints of this, theological viewpoints from great scholars. But a person has to come to terms with this on their own. And this kind of goes back to what I say to all of our people. You can't believe something because somebody told you, Mm. even if it's your pastor. Now, listen, I'm not going to ever intentionally lead somebody down the wrong path, um, but I'm not an expert in in the Bible. And I I mean, I've been to seminary and went for many years. Uh, Again, I already talked about my academic career because, um, well, you know, it takes me a while. So praise God for no child left behind. That's how I made it through college and seminary. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. But here, here's the bottom line. When, when, when I read this, 
and I look at it in context, we have to keep in mind that the Pharisees, these religious leaders, are trying to find a way to discredit Jesus in any way they can. They're trying to get Jesus out of the picture. So they hem him up on what's obviously a great um, debate here because they're, they're looking to discredit Jesus. So what they do is take the, all the work that he has done at this point, and you really get insight from this from Matthew chapter 12 in Matthew's account. And they're trying to attribute his work to Satan, to which Jesus has a masterful response in, in chapter uh, 12, verse 24. When the Pharisees heard this, they said, this man, talking about Jesus, cast out demon only by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. So he's talking about Satan. And knowing their thoughts, see, th this is Jesus. <laughs> Not exactly what they said, but way was what, what's way down deep in their heart. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. Any city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself, then how will his kingdom stand? I mean, that that's an incredible answer in the face of these Pharisees, but yet in light of the entire crowd that's looking to see what's going to happen based on what they're trying to do. But it comes back and, and basically in verse 31 of that passage, it, it mimics or, or it parallels or mirrors what Luke says. Therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven. So when whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. So I think as we take all of our thoughts, uh, theological insight, and pour it in a bowl, we, we kind of see it all. One, the Holy Spirit is who convicts. The Holy Spirit, as you said, Brother Caleb, is the one who speaks. So uh, obviously when we don't follow that, we're rejected. Mm -hmm. But I think specifically... My theological viewpoint is when you specifically, you've become so defiant against God in your heart, which obviously that's where the Pharisees were. They were going to do whatever they had to do to get Jesus out of the picture, much like we see in our world today. I'll, I'll come back to that. But in order to discredit Jesus, they took everything that he had done and they gave the credit to Satan. And Jesus follows up with this uh, in, in his response, gives a masterful response of how Satan can't cast out Satan or his kingdom wouldn't stand. But then he clears it up and says, guys, I've, I, in this Freeman translation, I have shown you everything that can only be done by the power of God, but you've become so defiant in your heart that you would take my work and give Satan credit for it. And if you're that defined in your heart, then um, in that, in, in return of your defiance and your complete rejection, as we've talked about, but yet you've taken it a step further and saying, my work is done by Satan, I'm not going to forgive you. So what I've come to the conclusion is the unpardonable sin is when you become so defined in your heart, much like what we've said, Mm -hmm. but it's moved you to the point of saying that what the work that obviously can only be explained by supernatural means, 
but you have defiantly said, it's not God when you know it is. These Pharisees knew this was, was the hand of God, but now they could not go back. They have gone too far in their pride. They would not go back and humble themselves and, and give over to Jesus. They could not explain any of this. Y'all get me fired up. Yeah. But they couldn't explain any of this. But rather than move forward in humility and say, you know what? Maybe we're wrong. They said, oh, no, this is the work of the devil. And God said, you're to a point that you can't be saved. So I, I think um, moderate rejection, because when you think about it, and Leanne, I go to what you say. When, when we share the gospel, more than likely, there's a continual rejection of the Holy Spirit's wooing of somebody's heart. I, I think about this on Sunday when, when we preach and when we give invitation, because we do that here, mm -hmm. okay? We're going to share the gospel that Jesus died for your sin, got up from the dead on the third day, and then give you an opportunity to respond. I think it's so imperative. That's what Jesus did. He always gave people an opportunity to respond right then to what he, what he was offering. And I think that's imperative for us to do. So we do that. But you know what? There's lost people who don't come and get saved. And then they're back the next week. And at some point, maybe they get saved. At some point, maybe um, that they continue to reject. But I believe time and time again, God gives them that opportunity. There may be a Pharaoh switch, what I call a Pharaoh switch in there. But um, the rejection, uh, and that's obviously rejecting the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's calling and you're saying no. The Holy Spirit's calling and you're saying no. I think this goes a step further to say more than just rejection of what the Holy Spirit's asking you to do is when you so defiantly in the face of God Almighty, you say, I hate you so much that I'm going to take everything you're doing and I'm going to give your enemy credit. So you it. would say it's not just saying no, but it's saying no when you know it to be true. Just, yes. just, just I'm standing my ground. I don't care. Deliberate disobedience. I'm saying no, this wasn't God. When in fact I know that it was, because that's a big difference between between. And I don't want anybody to hear this and think just because that they said no that they're guilty of right. this. You know what I mean? But but you would say that it's when someone says no when they know it to be true. Well, to the okay. point that they absolutely know that there's no other explanation, and they have they have reason in their hearts that this could only be God and God alone, and they say, you know what, forget it. Um, so I'll any, go to the point to say that Satan has done this work, even though I know it is God. So, yes, to answer your question. Okay, and I just want to tag on to what Michael's saying in that I also want, I think it's important for listeners to hear that, so even if you interpret it to that, to that degree, that, that it's rejection, I mean, it's not acceptance of the Holy Spirit and then giving credit to the devil, that's what I'm understanding, right? That you're saying... I'm not accepting that this is God, and I'm giving credit to the devil for this work. Is that what I, am I understanding well, it correctly? In, in a sense. I'm, what I'm saying is a person knows that it's the work of God. Yes. And then but you, but they're saying it. rejection to the point of defiance and saying, you know what? I know this is God's work, but I'm going to give credit to his enemy because I hate him that much. Okay. What what would you say to the person? Because um, I've heard it said, like if you if you think that you have committed this, like if if you even have the forethought that I've committed this, that you probably haven't. I mean, what would you say to maybe? 
I mean, give give us like a today example. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like. Well, and I just think I think speaking for today, I think it's important that listeners also hear that it's not just. We have to be careful that it's not that we're that we're comfortable in the mind that oh we've never done that so we're mm-hmm. good because if you choose to reject the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and you never accept Him as Lord and Savior then He's going to not know you right and you're guilty so, of unbelief to, to begin right. with okay so okay, I okay. Think, do you understand what yeah, I'm saying yeah. I think it's important that we point that out as well as is that it's not okay for us to just think oh well I've never done that so I'm good. Because if you've chose not to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have rejected the Holy Spirit, sure. and you are not going to have um, spend eternity with Him. Mm-hmm. No. So you know, again, uh, to to kind of summarize what we, what we've talked about, and you know, we're we're really out of time. So what I'd like to do, if y'all are okay, let's explore the subject matter just a little bit further, maybe even the context of what what was going on. Uh, in that period with the Pharisees and Jesus and, and bring it to the point of this, uh, you know, what we call the unpardonable sin. But, but here, here's, here's the synopsis. The only way a person can go to heaven is through Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And, you know, this is the whole purpose and premise of, of Jesus' time, stepping out of the splendor of ma- and his majesty of heaven, being born into his own creation to redeem mankind. So a person has to accept what God has done, the death, the burial, the resurrection. Without the resurrection, there'd be no salvation. So you have to believe in the totality of the gospel and truly accept Jesus and what he's done on your behalf. Um, and all of your sin, all sin can be forgiven in terms of what we've done in our life. Again, we're talking about that one unpardonable sin when you become so defiant that basically you hate God and have rejected God to the point that you would take any of his work and you would attribute it to his enemy. And God says, when you get to that point, you can't be forgiven because you've gone beyond the threshold. But uh, some listeners today may be saying, well, you know, I, I've messed up pretty bad. I promise you that in your life that there is nothing that God would not be willing to forgive you. There's nothing that he did not lay down his life for. And there's not one person that is beyond the scope and the reach of the blood of Jesus Christ. So if you've ne- if you're listening, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I promise you this: mm-hmm. that you're not too bad and too far gone that Jesus would save you. Um, this is a testimony, and my wife can validate this because we've been dating since the eighth grade, and I wasn't voted most likely to be a preacher. So, and I wasn't voted most likely to get saved. But on May first, nineteen ninety four, when I gave my life to Jesus. He forgave me for all that I had done, which was a lot in my short 20-year lifespan. And he forgave me for everything that I would ever do in the future, which would be a lot in so far my 46-year lifespan. But all of that, the psalmist says in Psalm 103, was cast as far as the east is from the west. That doesn't give me a green light to go out here and live my life any way I want to. But what it does, it enables me to live in the freedom that comes from being redeemed and purchased by the blood of the Lamb. 
we'll come back. Will y'all join me for Absolutely. another episode yes. and maybe we'll explore this further. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or certainly want to talk about Jesus, listen to the outro and they'll give you information of how you can contact us. We're thankful that you listen or thankful that you tuned in today. So to all our listeners, thank you for your support and to our um, uh, guest here in the studio. Thank you for being here. God bless and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.